0: welcome to the still training podcast these are intended for our still approved dealers and garden centers if you're a still customer thank you for listening but please be aware that this episode may mention training resources and processes not available
1: to the general public thank you for listening you're listening to the still training podcast Hello
0: and thank you for joining me for the still training podcast made especially for the network of certified still dealers around the UK. Today I'm joined by two technical trainers Dougie and Mark who'll be answering my questions on the carburetor repair kits. I hope to be about 15 minutes but if you hang on till the very end after the outro I'm going to include some extras from our conversation that you might also find interesting. So without further ado let's get on with it. Okay, this is the first time in a while I've been able to record in the same room as someone, which is quite nice. Uh, so before I kick off our discussion on car repair kits, Mark from across the room, can you give us an introduction?
2: Uh, thanks, Ruben. Uh, I'm Mark Heliwald, one of the technical trainers here at Still GB, uh, and I cover the southeast of the country, so it's basically up to the Humber Estuary.
0: In 350 miles north, I've also got Dougie on the phone joining us remotely.
1: Hi, my name's Douglas. I'm technical trainer for the north of the country. I am based in the Scottish Borders, just south of Edinburgh. However, I do travel as far south as Liverpool on the west of the country, and Sheffield towards the mid-east of the country. So from the Humber and the, the Mersey right up to the north coast of Scotland, Scotland, taken in the islands as well. It sounds quite dramatic, but there's large swathes of Scotland where there's very little population.
0: Yeah, just uh, hills and mountains. Then, so to kick off the discussion on carb repair kits, please can you give a quick ex- explanation of why we're talking about these repair kits, how long they've been available, and finally, what's actually included in a kit?
1: Carburetor repair kits, Ruben. They've, they've always been available in some kind of format or another, and Diaphragm kits as well. Traditionally, pump diaphragms, for example, were always made of just a rubber membrane, but as as more and more additives became included in, in pump fuels, there was more and more reaction to these diaphragms with the, with the chemical additives. So uh, there's a, a bit of a push on at the moment to maybe try a carburetor kit before uh, changing a carburetor.
0: Okay, and Mark, can you confirm what's in the kit? Um, Well,
2: traditionally the kits have been just the uh, two diaphragms and two gaskets. So it's a fuel pump and metering diaphragms and gaskets. Um, The new kits that are now available, they've been out about six months, something like that. Uh, They start with a Z number and they include the same diaphragms and gaskets but also include the metering needle lever pivot. I think it might be in screwing there as well on some of them. And the oh, the gauze filter that's in the fuel pump side of it.
0: Okay, and the product code for these start with a Z? Yeah. Okay, and uh, Dougie, could you outline how experienced a technician needs to be in order to use these repair kits effectively? So what kind of level of understanding should they be at?
1: Well... <laughs> It's a difficult one, what experience it. And in terms of time, it's it's very difficult to put an answer on that. But an engineer would have to recognise certain machine symptoms, Ruben, and how it's running, maybe how it's idling. And uh, a worn carburetor, worn diaphragms, they do produce certain wear patterns on them after a long number of hours. So, yeah, there are telltale signs where it's time, Time to change uh, the, the diaphragm kit in these. And there's, there's also other tests that we'll cover later on that, that can be carried out. But, for example, the pump diaphragm contained within a carburetor. And an engine's doing 10,000 RPM for one minute, which is not uncommon in some of these uh, high-performance little, little engines. 10,000 RPM for one minute. A pump diaphragm, the valves in a pump diaphragm, each of them is moving 20,000 times in one minute. So you multiply that over a lifetime and it certainly very quickly becomes a very large number of movements.
0: Right, you mentioned these telltale wear markers. Yeah. Can you give an example of what this may be? And I'm going to put this out to both of you on a first-come, 1st first serve basis. Um,
2: looks like it's me then. <coughs> Looking on the fuel pump side of it, fuel pump diaphragm, where the little valves, little flappy little valve goes across the hole that the fuel comes out of or goes through yeah. uh, you quite often get a ring uh, forming on the surface of the, uh, the diaphragm material and that is over a period of time that's a good indicator that it's getting on a bit in life um, the other thing is that it, it, when you take it apart and, the, and if the valves aren't flat against the surface of the carburetor there's another indication because they, they, they curl up away from the hole uh, and that then means that the valve isn't closing properly or opening properly, and it then has effect on how much fuel is delivered. On the metering side of it, the diaphragm, it should be flat and should be in contact with the lever and then on to the needle valve, um, and over time they start getting distorted and twisted and buckle and whatever, so they don't sit squarely. And as Dougie mentioned earlier, with, um, with the addition of particularly ethanol in Modern fuels, it doesn't do the diaphragms any good, particularly on the older machines. A lot of the new diaphragms out are, are, are ethanol resistant, but only up to ten percent. We're rapidly approaching that.
1: I think it's I think it's fair to say as well, Mark, that uh, someday with a, a, a poor maintenance record for a machine and very very fine mm. dust. Bypass through the fuel yeah. filter, for example. I'm talking about dust and, and dirt passing a fuel filter that's probably not even naked to the visible, not even visible to the naked eye. Sorry. Uh, and it's almost like a very fine grinding paste that finds its way uh, onto these valves on, on the viton tip of the needle assembly. So uh, over a period of time, it act, it does act like a grinding yeah. paste yeah, and, and causes these uh, wear patterns. It's,
2: um, <clears throat> it's one of the reasons why we introduced the orange fuel filters on Emtronic engines is to try and keep all this fine dust out. Ah,
0: yes. Yeah, so the better filtering properties.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, Robin, yes, yep.
2: It's um, uh, 15 micron as opposed to 30 micron on the white filters.
0: Brilliant. Moving on then, when you're carrying out the repair using a carb kit, are there any other tests to think about carrying out in conjunction with this or alongside it? Yeah. Um, I'm going to give Mark a break and ask Dougie <laughs> to talk through this one, please.
1: Yeah, well, we can start off by actually we can start off with pressure testing a fuel system. We can actually pressure test a fuel system from source, and by that I mean removing the fuel filter from the pipe inside the tank and pressurising it to 0.8 of a bar, and it should be able to maintain that pressure. If the needle on the test equipment is dropping in any way, that machine is simply going to overfuel. And it can overfuel to the extent where it is impossible, difficult, or or even impossible to start. It'll create poor idling. When it is idling, you'll get an overwhelming smell of fuel, and unburned fuel coming from the exhaust. It all sort of colludes and, and produces a certain pattern.
0: Yeah, I see. And it's the pressure test we're doing after you've fitted the repair kit.
1: Yeah, it should always be done uh, after a new uh, test gets fitted as well, because you only have to build in a very small particle of dirt or or dust getting in there, uh, and you're building in a you're building in a fault straight away. So yeah, it should always be tested the moment the moment you've got your fuel pump assembly back together and a needle and lever assembly into the carburetor pressure test it immediately. Yeah and it, it sometimes it pains me during my dealer visits to, to see some people replacing, replacing carburetors uh, due to the lack of special tooling and kit where they're able to, to pressure test the carburetor. Yeah, A lot of carburetors are, are replaced needlessly. Where some test equipment and maybe a diaphragm kit would cure
0: the fault. Yeah, that leads me into what I was going to ask next, actually. So, obviously, the time of repairing a carb needs to be factored in, but from a finance efficiency point of view, I know it's hard to answer, but the majority of the time, is it worth giving the repair kit a go in this sense? Mm.
2: Don't we answer that?
0: You can give it a I go. can give it a
2: go. Well, it's funny enough, I was just looking at um, an MS441 carburetor, and that's something like 140 quid to replace, whereas a gasket set is about... I 17, 18, something like that. Yeah. Diaphragm set. So um, if that's all it was... You'd be a fool not to try. <clears throat>
0: exactly. Right. Would you agree with that, Dougie?
1: Well, that, that could be answered quite simply, Ruben, and that would be in in the fact that a customer's only having to pay for a diaphragm set or, or a repair kit, which they start at under, under £20 for the diaphragm kit and then just proceed up a bit. But the cost of a brand-new carburetor, say, for a for a professional chainsaw or, say, a, a TS-410, which is a disc saw, they can be as high as £150. Now, I have done quite a lot of work on-site with the construction industry. Uh, sorry, the, the hire industry in Great Britain, serving the construction industry. And they tend not to buy special tools, so they have no means of testing some of these uh, carburetors. But what they will do is they will fit a new carburetor at the slightest hint of a pair. Without, without carrying out any tests so it, it's it really is an economic repair if, if it cures the fault yes it is
0: yeah good um we all understand there's there's a time pressure element as well for carrying out repairs which needs to be factored into this cost conversation how do you compare each option is it a much longer process to order and re- use a repair kit or does it depend quite a lot on i think it depends things? on the machine that you're working on you know some of the
2: edge gutters, brush gutters, things like that, it's air filter, air casing, another you know, back plate, um, carburetor off, disconnect the linkage, and, and you're in, whereas on something like what Dougie was saying, the TS410, a little bit more involved. And this is where yeah, the it testing... Yeah, come... be... I was going to say, this is where... the <laughs> Sorry, Mark. <laughs> so, that's OK. Um, I, was just, I was going to say, this is where the, the, the initial testing comes in, because you can save yourself a lot of time if you can, if you can determine what the possible cause is before you actually start taking the carb apart.
1: It does become a bit of a balancing act, Uh, Mark's quite right, in how accessible a carburetor is because it has to be removed. It has to have the diaphragm set fitted. When the carburetor is removed, it probably takes about another 5 to 10 minutes to fit a diaphragm set and or needle and lever assembly. Uh, It then has to be refitted to the machine and then retested. Now, when some of these engineers, especially in the higher industry, are working to a time pressure... Uh, sometimes they will not go ahead and look for a repair. They will just fit a new part. But it's, uh, it's it can be a false economy, that.
0: Yeah, something to consider. Uh, I only just thought of this question, actually, but are there any tools that you'd recommend, still tools or otherwise, that you know of that have helped you speed up this process?
2: Uh, one that comes to mind is the M8 nut driver that we do. Um, it's basically like, it's an M8, M8 long-reach socket on the end of a screwdriver handle. Well it's a T handle actually. But it's it's very narrow walled. So it'll get into places that a a deep eight mil socket won't. Um, and it's I don't know, ten quid, something like that. Well, it's less than that. Yeah, I and mean, I've still I and mean, I've been at still for twenty years and I still have my original one. That's saying something. <laughs> That's
0: been me I've hardly ever used it. <laughs> I knew there'd be people thinking that. <laughs> yeah, especially my colleagues. <laughs> nonsense. Sir. Okay. My final questions for Dougie. Um If the carb repair kit doesn't have the desired effect, what what would your next port of call be?
1: This is where it can become messy inside the dealership because now essentially that engineer has lost that time for that dealership. So uh, it has to go ahead. The parts can be removed. The new parts can be removed. They've never really been in use. They've only been shoved on to, to try for a repair and they can be... back in uh, storage for another day so yeah this is when it becomes a bit of a balancing act and that engineer would be expected to reclaim that time uh, somewhere else along the line so yeah it it's not the end of the world but it 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 makes a little hole in that engineer's day if that makes sense yes
0: yeah i think from the conversations we've had before we hit record and from what you've spoken about earlier providing the tech has correctly linked the machine problem to the carburetor and it's absolutely worth trying to repair just to reduce the cost to the end user and it's successful enough for the time to make it a justifiable use of time as well
1: Uh, absolutely worth absolutely worth a try yes absolutely worth a try
0: great well thank you both for your time i think we've managed to talk about carbs for 13 minutes and i think any more would be pushing our luck (laughs) thank you very much for your time
1: thanks Ruben. For more episodes, training videos, e-learning courses and more, please visit stilltraining.com. If you have a topic you'd like to hear on a future episode, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know by emailing learning at still.co.uk. Thanks for listening.
0: Well, we wanted to tag this bit on the end because it didn't exactly fit in with the topic and the time frame of the main subject. But hey, it's still relevant. So Dougie, you had a cut-off saw recently with apparent carb issues. Can you tell me about it?
1: Okay, so this has got a very loose connection to carburation and uh, diaphragm repair kits because as you should be aware, the TS-480i does not contain a carburetor. However, it does contain an injector and it also contains a pressurized fuel rail. I actually got asked to go and help a Merseyside sub-dealer with fuel injection training once upon a time. And the sub-dealer was expecting me to walk through the doors with my laptop computer in one hand and my diagnostic equipment in the other hand. Uh, And nothing could have been further from the truth, actually. And his first question was, where's your diagnostic equipment? I says, oh, we'll get it out in due course. What are you going to do first? I said, well, I'm going to give it a visual inspection. So I took the top covers off, had a look at the fuel rail on it, and sure enough, there was small weepage coming from the return pipe uh, on the fuel rail. And I pointed this out to the sub-dealer. He says, well, will that really matter? I says, A, yes, it will. It's a fire hazard. And B... uh, (laughs) we do not have a fuel uh, a sealed fuel system so it could actually register a fault with the injector on it now before we go any further the fuel injected machine contains a fuel pump inside the fuel pump we do have a needle and lever and a diaphragm kit and uh, diaphragm set sorry in in the normal places it's impulse operated the very same as a carburetor but it's got a factory set pressure so it's We do not open it up, hence the price of it. It's economic to replace the whole pump. However, I diversify slightly because I went on to replace the fuel rail, the return rail on that machine, and then further investigated the machine. And sure enough, I found a a little fault where the generator lead had rubbed through. Bearing in mind this machine was nearly three years old. No disgrace to it. So I replaced that as well, replaced the fuel rail, checked the fuel filter. Run the machine up and it was running fairly okay. At this point, I decided I would plug it in after the repairs had been carried out. I plugged it in, done a reset on the machine using the MDG diagnostic equipment, and hey ho, the machine ran to specification. So it was it was the last thing to, to actually to be done uh, to test it there. So it, it just shows.
0: So if you had to give a moral to the story, what would it be?
1: Oh let's stick to basics first, Ruben. Let's go for basic basic stuff because uh, what I found prior to prior to plugging that machine in, no amount of diagnostic equipment would have found that. In the in the TS four is defense, it would have reset itself over a period of time, being the ECU machine. However, doing it doing it on the computer just made it back to factory specifications that much quicker
0: right and uh mark have you got another back to basics story for us
2: uh yeah well thanks for uh, for dougie reminding me um about an instance i had um, it was it wasn't with a fuel injected engine it was with, with an mtronic machine in fact it goes back some time it's when the mdg was in its infancy and it's, it was referred to at the time as mark and dougie's gizmo that's what it stood for anyway this was a there's a couple of machines this dealer had. It was a MS241 and a MS362, I think it was. And you know, phone call, uh, Mark, Mark, you know, bring your MDG with you. I've got this problem with this M. These two Mtronic machines. Um, we we can't suss out what the problem is. And thankfully, <clears throat> thankfully, it wasn't that too too far away. It wasn't like going halfway across the country. So I rack up with this um, with the kit and everything else. And uh, similarly to Dougie, I tend to leave things in the car until I actually need them. And just a cursory glance at the machine, I noticed that there was something other than fuel floating about in the in the fuel tank, and it turned out to be water. And so, a conversation. Um, you can imagine there was a conversation regarding that. I thought you looked at this, etc., you know, etc. Cetera, et cetera. And um, where do you think the fuel? Where do you think this water's gone? You know, I think it might be in the carburetor. Well, let's have a look. And sure enough, there's a, a globule of water sitting over the top of the little fine gauze in the um, in the fuel pump side of it, and that was sufficient to stop fuel going through um so you clean cleaned all that out tr- uh, flushed the fuel tank out and the engine running sweet as not